If you're going to fulfill God's exodus plan for your life, you're going to need endurance and you have to stay in the game. You just have to stay in the game in your exodus, in your victory. And we're going to go through that this morning, but it is so important. Look at the cover of your outline. Staying in the game requires an all-in decision at the beginning. There's something amazing when you just decide I'm all in at the beginning. Amen? I'm just all in in that whatever you're doing, especially in, in, in one of the greatest way, the best way to get married is just for life. Well, it's not working out well. Okay, well, change. Amen? Somebody change. Make this thing work. Amen? And, 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 and don't misunderstand. Things change and there's all kinds of situations. But the best way to win in anything, whether it's in life, in marriage, in living for God, in everything, if you're going to win, you have to be all in. You just have to be committed to that thing to see it through all the way to the end, regardless of what happens. Amen? And so, as I put that together, I started thinking about it, and all these thoughts began coming up after the game on that Monday, and so I put some of these things, and then I was laughing, and uh, it's just crazy, God's hilarious, and, uh, but uh, I've been having all my notes, and so this morning, I do this thing, I get up, and I go over my notes on Sunday mornings, I read them again, I finalize them, and a lot of times I do all my study on my iPad, and then I copy them over into my publisher program on my laptop and stuff, and so I do that, you know, copy and or you know highlight and then paste and stuff and so my thumb is big so on my computer when I hit control C uh, I mean uh, control and then C to do the to control V to do the paste well my, my thumb hits the space bar before it hits the V and so whatever you have highlighted seems to go away and so <laughs> it just goes, bye. So, I, so this morning, I, I finished everything up, and I'm getting ready to copy it into, into my publisher, and it's 10 after 6, and it just went away. <laughs> wow. I'm thankful that I have a photographic memory of the, f- of the first statement. Hallelujah. Excuse <laughs> me. <laughs> <coughs> <coughs> But anyway, the Holy Spirit helped, and I did that. And then Gabe and I were cracking up, because Gabe came up to you after, after first service. I have to, and, and he goes, Pastor, do you know that you can hit Control-Z, and it will recover everything? And I said, no way. <laughs> he goes, yes way. He says, or oh, you can take your iPad and shake it. I said, I was shaking it. <laughs> and you can shake it, and then the little thing will come up and say, undo. And I said, no way. He goes, yeah. I said, next time. So I'm kneeling down there, and I pull up the page that has that, and, and, and I hadn't used it then. And so he goes, highlight everything and make it go away. And so I did it, and then it, I said, wait a minute. Maybe I should have hit Control-Z first. Let me know what I'm saying. So, and then we're just cracking up, because anyway, God's so good. Amen? We're rolling on the floor. So, wait, I pass, so then I twice passed up the chance to recover. <laughs> Amen. It's awesome. But next time, I'm going to shake it like crazy. Amen. So we know it was awesome. It was awesome. It was hilarious, actually. Amen. Matthew chapter 10. Watch this. Matthew chapter 10 and verse 16. So Jesus, speaking on the Sermon on the Mount, is encouraging people to stay in the game. Verse 16. Behold, I send you out a sheep in the midst of what? Are you encouraged now? Yeah. Sheep in the mix of all. Therefore, be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. Beware of men, for they will deliver you up to the councils and scourge you in their synagogues. How many are encouraged now? Wow. 
And you will be brought before governors and kings for my sake as a testimony to them and to the Gentiles. But when they deliver you up, do not worry about how or what you should speak, for it will be given to you in that hour what you should speak. For it is not you who speak, but the Spirit of your Father who speaks in you. Now brother will deliver up brother to death, and father is child, and children will rise up against their parents and cause them to be put to death. And you will be hated by all for my sake. Are we still encouraged? <laughs> but watch this. But Jesus says, but he who stays in the game, but he who stays in the game endures to the end will be saved. But when they persecute you in the city, flee to another. For assuredly, I say to you, you will not have gone through the cities of Israel before the Son of Man come. And a disciple is not above his teacher, nor a servant above his master. It is enough for a disciple that he be like his teacher and a servant like his master. If they have called the master of the house of Beelzebub, how much more will they call those of his household? Therefore, do not fear them, for there is nothing covered that will not be revealed and nothing hidden that will not be known. Whatever I tell you in the dark, speak in the light, and what you hear in the ear, preach on the housetops and do not fear those who can kill the body but cannot kill the soul but rather fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell or Jesus is saying no matter what's going on stay in the game amen father this morning I thank you in these next few moments that you by your holy spirit will bring that encouragement into each and every heart this morning father that no matter what is happening no matter what the odds look no matter what the score says no matter how much time looks like is left on the clock if we will stay in the game with you we always have the opportunity to win in Jesus name everybody said amen, amen. praise the lord and so it's so important that, that we understand this. Look at the cover of your outline as we go through this. And so here's my take on the Super Bowl. And I wrote this down. This is what I sent out, uh, posted on Facebook, and then sent out on the day after, the next Monday after the Super Bowl. Winners never quit regardless of what it looks like. So think about the Super Bowl. What happened? What, how, how did the Patriots win? This is how. You believe in your team. You stay committed to the goal of winning. You might be down and facing what looks like insurmountable odds. You know, on Super Bowl Sunday, I came. I had my Bible school class at 5, from 5 to 6. And so I had the game recorded. When I left, I said, man, these guys aren't doing, you know, I, I don't know who this team is, but they're supposed to be better than, than the Patriots and better than, than what was going on. And so I'm watching this. So I, I drive up and kind of listen on the radio. And, and then after my class, I come in here from 6 to 7 for prayer. And uh, I think David was giving me the, the score and stuff. And it was sounding worse. And then at 7 when prayer was over, it sounded almost finished. And so then we go out and, and, and uh, I, I get in my truck and I, and I turn on the game and I'm listening. And all of a sudden it's changed. Wait a minute. They're down by one touchdown. And, and they're, they're close to scoring. And then I mean, before I even back out, out, out of the, the parking lot here, they scored. And then they scored a two-point conversion, and it's 28 to 28. I'm going, wait a minute, what happened? I mean, they're down to just no time left, and they score, and they win. And then it goes into overtime, and so I go from them looking impossible to by the time I get home, they've won the championship. They scored the, the touchdown, and they win because in overtime, they couldn't just kick a field goal. They had to score a touchdown to actually win it. So they get the ball marked right down, scored, game's over. But everybody before said, man, they're, they're facing impossible odds. 
It's impossible. How can they come back? And so it was called the greatest comeback of all of Super Bowl history. But how did they win? Number one, they stayed in the game. They stayed in the game. As a team, they believed in the team. They were committed to the goal of winning. Insurmountable odds, but they never quit. As long as there's time on the clock, you have a chance to turn things around and still win, regardless of what other things, even when your fans are leaving the stadium. Anybody see the reporter Mark Wahlberg? Mark Wahlberg was with his friends of Tom Brady and the family, and his kids and their kids were in their studio box up there. They're taking all these selfies and pictures together before the game, but he left the building in the third quarter. So when he, I mean, he just checked out in the third quarter, and so then the team win. Sean and I have been to King's game. We go down there, you're at the game, and, and, and if they're down, people just start leaving. I'm thinking, did you come to see the team, or did you come to see them win? And see, many times in our society, we just want to see them win, and if they're not winning, I'm out of here. But that's not supporting the team. That's why I don't really like the Raiders, but I respect their fans. <laughs> Raider fans, straight up, are the most loyal sports fans in the world. Any Raider fans in the house? None that will admit it. Hallelujah. <laughs> but... But, but in all that, well, it's just because they believe in their team. And, and when they were doing terrible, they're just raiders, man. You get in there and they're all dressed up crazy. And, and, and you go in the black hole and it's crazy over there. Amen? But they believe in their team. Now watch this. The impossible is always accomplished by those who refuse to quit when it looked hopeless. In other words, they just stayed in the game. Wow. Look inside your outline. This is exactly how faith works. People of faith never quit. Come on, as men and women of God, when you get saved, I love that song the youth just wrote. Wasn't that a powerful song? Come on, I'm not going to bend. I'm not going to break no matter when the way, when everything's crashing in, when it looks like it's going. I'm just going to hold on to my faith in God. What a powerful song. Amen. So awesome. Think about it. That's what we do. People of faith never quit. Keep pressing forward towards the pride. Believe in your team. Come on, even at times when you feel you're all alone, you're never alone. You always have the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. You always have a trio backing you up. Amen. You always have God on your side. Believe in your team, the people that God has placed in your life. Regardless of what others say or think, Jesus has declared you victorious. So keep preaching for the prize. Stay in the game. And that's what Jesus said in Mark, Matthew chapter 5 there we read. He says, hey, when all this is going on, those who endure to the end, those who stay in the game, win the prize. See, I don't know about you, but I like to watch golf. Pretty much because I play golf. And people who don't play golf think watching golf is the most boring thing in the world. Most of them would rather watch paint dry than watch golf. Amen. But I like watching golf because I like to play golf. And when I watch golf and I watch these guys and they zoom in and I see them make shots, I, 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 I can hit the ball fairly good and I can hit the ball fairly far. But it doesn't help, matter how far you can hit the ball if you can't get it in the hole. You can do, so you watch these guys have those long drive contests, 479 yards or whatever, and they run up there and bash the ball. And well, fine, but that doesn't score. That just, that's just one shot. 
And you have to get it in the hole in the least amount of shot. And so it's usually how you get up and down around the green that makes all the difference. So when they're showing these guys making chip shots, they show their stance, they show the position of the club, they show their hands, they're talking about it, getting out of sand trap. Then I'm watching the game and I'm rooting for God, but I'm also being edumacated <laughs> for the next time I try to go and imitate that shot. Amen. And so with that, but I'm watching and I'm learning. But the thing I love about golf is this, is that when you play golf, you get 18 chances to win in every round. There's 18 holes in a round of golf. And if you mess up on one hole, you get to go to the next hole with the opportunity to improve and win. And I just shot eight on this hole. Praise the Lord. I might shoot four on the next one. Glory to God. I, it's a brand new hole. It's a, every, every hole is a brand new opportunity to win. Amen. And so, it's just a great attitude to have. See, and then, by having learned from my mistakes. So let's talk about winning in life. Or in sports. In faith, that's all connected to attitude. And you've seen that. You can watch sports teams, and you can see when they get down. You can watch them on the bench. You can watch a player. Their posture change, their attitude change, their countenance change. Everything about them changes because they feel like they can't win. That was one thing different about the Patriots. I'm not a Patriots fan. I really don't watch football that much. I watch golf. <laughs> yeah. And so with that, but with that, I, I mean, I thought it was sad because this team refused to believe in anything but winning. That's how you go from being down so far to where all your stands and people are leaving. People were paying a minimum of 2500 bucks a ticket to go to the Super Bowl and then walking out. We were paying tens of thousands of dollars for those tickets. Bless God, I'm going to stay there and eat all the free popcorn I can get. Glory to God. Whatever. Who cares? Amen. I got to get my whole money. I'm going to take the seat home with me. Amen. Something. But think about that. Winning in life and sports and faith is all connected to that attitude. The Patriots won the Super Bowl because they believed they could win in spite of the odds. You and I as men and women of faith, when we believe in Christ, we can win in spite of the odds, in spite of the doctor's report, in spite of the balance of your checkbook, in spite of the condition of your family, in spite of what your children are doing, you believe. You have a request on this wall. It might be for your marriage to be healed. It might be for your body to be healed. It might be for loved ones to be saved, for finances to come in, for relationships to be restored. You believe in spite of what it looks like. There's still time on the clock. And if there's time on the clock, then I can ask and I can believe that I receive when I pray. Somebody say amen. So that's what we hold on to. I love Phil Mickelson. I love watching him play. But Phil Mickelson is playing in the Genesis Invitational at Riverside this weekend. I'll watch some more of it this afternoon when I go home and take a nap. Golf is cool because not only do I like watching it, it helps me calm down and I doze off very quickly. Praise the Lord. Now what? But Phil... Phil Mickelson won his last golf tournament in 2013. He won the British Open. That was the last tournament he won, which is a, a, a major tournament, one of the four majors. So he won a major tournament. Phil has won 19 golf tournaments. He, he's won 19 times on the PGA Tour. Four of them have been major tournaments. And he's playing in this one, believing that he could win for the 20th time. But I want you to think about that. Since 1974, he's been in 74 events. Since 19, over the last four years, he's played in 74 golf tournaments, and he hasn't won in 74. 
four golf tournaments. He's had lots of top fives and top ten, some, some number twos, but no win. Yet at every tournament he plays, he goes out and tees up believing that he can win. Amen? Think about that. Every time he goes, Phil, why, why are you teeing up? You haven't won in 74 times that you've teed up. What are you doing at another tournament? He says, I believe I can win every time. There's no sense in me coming here. There's no sense in me getting my bags out of the car and even coming to the tee. If I didn't believe, I could win. I have as much opportunity as anybody else in this field. I have the skills. I have the ability. And when it comes to living for God, you have as much opportunity as anybody in the kingdom of God. You have the same God. You have the same promises. You have the same Holy Spirit. You have the same Savior. And God will come through for you as well as He comes through for anybody else. If you'll just stay in the game and believe that you can win amen Amen. just believe God I love that and so he's playing for that so I root for Phil why because he's one of the older guys in the field glory to God I like the old guys these days amen so think about that no one wins at every game they play nobody wins and that's what's messed up with our stupid society today we're not teaching kids the value of winning we just we don't want them to feel bad for losing You lost. Suck it up and do better next time. I'm not going to give you a ribbon for losing and call it participation. Amen. We didn't give Hillary a ribbon. That's why they're all protesting. She didn't get a ribbon. We could end all the protesting one day. Bring her to the White House. Give the woman a ribbon. Glory to God. Think about it. Think about it. <laughs> Home run. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> Think about it. Home run hitters strike out a lot. Read Babe Ruth. Babe Ruth struck out more times than he hit home run. But every time he was at bat, he was swinging to win. And he, and he had more strikeouts than he had home runs. But he's, he's not remembered as the strikeout king. He's remembered as the home run king. Amen. Phil Mickelson, even though he's lost the last 74 tournaments that he's been in, and he's only won 19 through his whole career, 20 plus year career, he is already a Hall of Fame golfer. Because of the games that he's won, have qualified, not the games that he's lost, but those games that he's won out of all of those hundreds of games that he's played has qualified him for the Hall of Fame. And that's what Jesus was saying in Matthew 5. When you're up against this and you're going against all, and it looks like you're not winning this game, just keep playing. If you hold out until the end, if you endure to the end, you win. Just stay in the game. Amen? No one wins. Every game. No one wins a championship without losing some games in the process. No one goes into the boxing ring without getting hit. Amen. Muhammad Ali was a great boxer, but he got beat up sometimes. Everybody that's ever worn a championship belt in boxing and that, man, they they expect to get hit. They expect to lose a a match every now and then. But they're there. They're going to learn. And one thing they do, one thing about Tom Brady is he would go back and he would study tape. And he would study his opponent. And he would see how they beat other teams. And we find out why other teams lost. So he would study losses as well as victory. Sometimes you need to learn from your loss. Don't just study your victory. Learn from your losses. Man, what did I do wrong? When I play golf, I know what I do wrong. My nemesis in golf is keeping my head down. 
I really only have one problem. When I keep my head down and keep my eye on the ball, I've played long enough. I kind of have a, a, a memorized swing. I have muscle memory in my swing. I have good tempo. I have all the things that go with it. And so I do that. My problem is, as I start to swing, I do this. <laughs> Almost anybody in here could play golf. All you have to do is keep your eye on the ball and just swing smooth. Don't try to kill the ball. Because there's just all this... Uh, 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 science and kinetic energy and all the stuff that goes with it and the length of the club and how it's designed, how far it's... And if you just let the club hit the ball and watch the club hit the ball, you have a very high percentage of hitting a good shot. But if you think, I want to see where it goes, you hear woof and it's still right there on the tee. Amen. Or it went there, it went there, but it did not go where you were aiming. Amen. So in that area. So everybody understands that. No one wins at anything without ever losing. So study your mistake. Then I get to the next one. I'm going to keep my head down. Amen. And every now and then, I keep it down through most of the round. Amen. And score fairly well. Praise the Lord. So watch it. The difference is, is that winners stay in the game. Amen? Winners stand the game. And when it comes to living for Christ, I've seen so many people get discouraged and give up because it seems like they're losing in that conflict that they're in, in that game that they're in, whether it's for their health, whether it's for their finances, whether it's for their marriage. And you hear my thought God was going to help. When you hear the statements that are statements that accept failure, Instead of statements that declare, I'm going to win. That's why, man, we ought to just print out those words of that song. That's such a powerful chorus that the young people wrote. How awesome that young people at that age got it. Amen? Believing God, declaring it. So proud of them. Watch this. See, our president, whether you love him or hate him, is a billionaire who went bankrupt six times. You get that? Most people, if they went bankrupt, they'd be destroyed. I went bankrupt. Oh, good. What'd you do wrong? Well, you know, good. Don't do it again. It took him six times to get it right. But think about it. He is a billionaire that failed six times but refused to quit. Do you understand that? He refused to quit. And think about it in the election. He is now president of the United States. And why is he president of the United States? Because everybody was saying he was going to lose. And he, I, I love people who are too stupid to quit. There's some places you just need to be stupid. Just be too stupid to quit. Man, I, I just don't want to think about it. He refused to believe that he couldn't win. And he said, well, the polls are, and they go, well, the polls are saying, he just go, the polls are wrong. The great, I mean, whether you like the guy or not, you could learn a lot from what happened because all the opposition that's against him, and look at him now trying to do a job. He's just trying to help people. He could have stayed a bill. He doesn't need a job. He had to, look at all he had to diverge himself from, from his company and things. He doesn't need it, but he's just, he did this to try to help people and doing stuff. And you look at that, and now people are saying, we're going to protest everything you do. Glory to God, that's awesome. That's so exciting. I'm glad I'm here to help you. 
And so, so now he's, but he's got to keep trying to press through that. You got all this declared opposition against you. And that's the way the devil is with you. The devil has declared to you when you decide to get in the game with God and to believe God, he stands up and he protested, I will resist everything you try to do in God. He said, good. I got an illustration for you at the end of this message on how to deal with him. Amen. Watch it. So the key is to always be preparing to win. I heard Nick Faldo during one tournament. I forget who was winning the tournament, but somebody was ahead by so many strokes, you know, 10 or 12 strokes and only a few holes left to play, and nobody was going to be able to catch him because when you're leading in a golf tournament, you're the last guy to tee off on the last day, and everybody else that is behind you is in front of you. And so there's guys with like maybe five or six holes left, and, and there's just no way they're going to catch up. And so one of the commentators, act, Nick Faldo, who's also commentating and also a Hall of Fame golfer, he says, what, how did you deal with that? You're playing, you know you have no chance of winning, and so you have, you're finishing this tournament. How do you think? What's your mindset? He says, I'm thinking next week is a new tournament. And so right now I'm working on my game. I'm thinking about different things. And so I'm preparing and setting myself up with a mindset towards the next game and believing that I could win the next one. This one might be done, I might, but, but I'm already thinking, and I have a mindset of a winner. How do you become a Hall of Fame golfer? How do you become a, a, a Super Bowl champion? Because you always carry the mindset of a golfer who never quit. You stay in the game, and you keep working on winning. Somebody ought to shout amen. Same thing in God. How do you get healed? How do you get answers to your prayer? You just stay in the game. Well, it doesn't look like it's working. Just keep preparing to win. There will be another opportunity. Stay in the game. Think about it. Paul use the analogy of fighting. He says, I'm not the one who beats against the air. He gets to the end of his life from Timothy and he writes, hey, Timothy, I've fought the good fight. I've kept the faith. I've run the race. I stayed in the fight. I stayed in the race. I stayed in the game. Therefore, there is a crown of righteousness laid up for me in glory that will not fade away. And hear me this morning. No matter what you're against, just keep fighting. Just keep running. Keep up the good fight of faith. Man, if you get hit, just go ahead and punch back. Just make sure it's somebody else besides me. Hallelujah. Amen. Paul was, con go with me to 1 Thessalonians chapter, um, well, first, go, go with me to Hebrews chapter 6 first, and then we'll go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 3. Are you doing all right? Yes. Hallelujah. Hebrews chapter 6, say amen when you get there. All right, that was only a few, I'll wait for a few more. There we go. Hebrews chapter 6, Paul is writing in the first eight verses there, he's talking about the beginning of our faith in God, uh, faith towards God, repentance from dead work, doctrine of baptism, laying on hands, resurrection from dead, and moving forward, and then not turning away, not having tasted of the good things, and then turning back. So he's encouraging them, and he gets to verse 9, but he says, Beloved, we are confident of better things concerning you. In other words, we're confident you're going to stay in the game. Look what he said. Things that accompany salvation, though we speak in this manner. For God is not unjust to forget your work and labor of love in which you have towards, which you have shown towards his name, and that you have ministered 
to the saints and do minister. And we desire that each one of you show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope until the end. Or Paul says, hey, I'm confident you guys are going to stay in the game. Keep loving people. Keep serving people. Keep doing what you know is right. Keep doing the faith walk and watch God and hold on to your faith all the way to the end. Amen? Because it goes on in verse 12, that you do not become sluggish, but imitate those who through faith and patience, the word patience there means endurance, inherit or win the prize, the promise. Amen? First Thessalonians chapter 3, Paul was constantly concerned about people's faith. Maybe you've met somebody that uh, was discouraged in their faith because they heard somebody else did not get healed. They were believing for a family member, a, a loved one, and maybe they passed away. Maybe something happened or a tragedy, or a, they were believing for their marriage to be restored, and the marriage fell apart. They were believing for something happened, but it, it seemed like they didn't get their answer. So because somebody else didn't win, they don't have faith for their game as well. And so Paul senses that going on with the church of Thessalonica. Everywhere Paul went, if you look at, at Paul, you know, he's getting, he's being thrown in prison. He's being beaten. He's being stoned and left for death. None of that stuff is in the wind column. Amen? None of that's in the wind column. He's being beaten, left for dead, all these different things, thrown into dungeons everywhere, incarcerated almost every town he preached in. He got thrown into jail. And so he's concerned that the church of Thessalonica, the believers there, are, are being discouraged by what they hear he's going through. And he doesn't want their faith, he doesn't want them to get out of the game because of what they hear happening to him. Are you with me? And maybe you know some folk who've done that. They've gotten discouraged. I've had people say, well, you know, Pastor, I know somebody who didn't get healed. I said, well, I'm not believing based upon, I don't know anything about that situation. My faith is not going to be based on their experience. My faith is based on the Word of God. Amen? I'm going to believe God's Word all the way to the end. Praise the Lord. So in Thessalonians, he writes to them in verse 1, and he says, Therefore, we can no longer endure it. It couldn't stand it. We thought it good to be left in Athens alone, chapter 3, verse 1, and sent Timothy, our brother and minister of God, and our fellow laborer in the gospel to establish you and encourage you concerning your faith, that no one should be taken by these afflictions For yourselves know that we are appointed to this. For in fact, we told you before when we were with you that we would suffer tribulation just as it happened, and you know. For this reason, when I could no longer endure it, I sent to know your faith. Or Paul saying, I had to know, are you still in the game? Inside of him, he couldn't take it. That somehow people had gotten discouraged and backed out of the game in their faith in Christ. So I sent to know, lest by some means, look at this, the tempter had tempted you and our labor might be in vain. So the devil comes with that voice. Did you hear that? They didn't get it. God didn't work for them. How can you believe God will work for you when he doesn't work for them? And so you hear all this stuff. Oh man, if Paul's in prison, if Paul's being beat, if Paul's being persecuted, how can you believe that God's going to protect you? How can you believe he's going to come? He's not coming through for Paul, and he's God's man of faith and power. He's the apostle Paul, and it doesn't look like it's working for him. How in the world can you believe it will work for you? How many know the devil is just a liar? 
And that's what Paul said, unless the tempter had tempted you and you had gotten out of the game, I couldn't stand it. And he said, Timothy came and encouraged me that you're still in the game. Think about it. So let me ask you this. Last week, Brother Tim did a great job. Tim Austin did a great job preaching on detours. How many of you heard that last week? Man, what a great word he brought. What do you do when a detour comes? You're in the plan of God and that detour comes. Go with me to Mark chapter 5. Or excuse me, Matthew chapter 5. No, Mark chapter 5, my bad. Mark 5. What do you do when the detours come? How do you respond? Are you with me this morning? Think about it. That was such a great one. And, and then I got excited, and I, I have Tim's notes, but he's preaching in there, and so I was taking all these notes while he's doing his great message, and I'm going through that, and then uh, he makes a statement in the middle of his message about staying in the game, and he didn't even know I'm preaching this this week. And so I, I pulled it together, so when I had the other picture, I got it, and I put them together of get in the game and stay in the game. I said, man, so I, I was working on this two-part thing all the way from the beginning. I'm going, this is awesome. Now he's saying stay in the game, and it was so cool. Praise the Lord. Bless me. You don't even know what was going on. Amen. So watch this. Mark chapter 5, we know the account that uh, Jesus is, uh, um, where am I? Ah, Verse 35, my bad. Or 21, excuse me. Now when Jesus had crossed over again by boat to the other side, a great multitude gathered to him, and he was by the sea, and behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue came, Jairus by name, And when he saw him, he fell at his feet, and he begged him earnestly, saying, My little daughter lies at the point of what? Death. Death. Come and lay your hands on her, that she may be healed, and she will live. That's his declaration of faith. Amen? He's in the game. He's in the game. I'm going to Jesus. My daughter's going to live and not die. I'm in the game. I'm going to the Lord. The Lord receives him. The Lord allows himself to be entreated by him. And the Lord agrees to go with him. And so here Jesus and Jairus are heading back to his house. Jesus to go to pray for his daughter. And on the way, here comes the detour. This lady who also has a need. Interrupts the whole procession. Crawls in there, touches the hem of Jesus' garment. Jesus stops and says, wait a minute, power's gone out of me. Who touched me? That creates a whole commotion. It stops the process. Jesus, wait, we're, we're going to my house. We don't have time for this. My daughter is at the point of death. This is kind of an emergency. The lights should be on. We should be running red lights. We should not be stopping interacting with anybody. We need to get to, how many know what I'm saying? Many times when it's our need, that's the way, God, hurry up, get here. This is an emergency. You have to show up. And then the detour shows up and we go, oh, man. I'm sure it's going through Jay Iris' head. Man, how how long are you going to, okay, okay, good. Lady, you heal. Go, go, go. Be blessed. Get out of here. Go, 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 go. Hallelujah. You're awesome. Wonderful. Hallelujah. Okay, can we go? And so it says, look at verse 35. So Jesus is encouraging the woman while he's still speaking to the crowd and to the woman. Some came from the ruler's synagogue's house who said, your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? Now we go from a detour to a disaster. Amen? But look what Jesus said. As soon as Jesus heard the word That was spoken. That is such a powerful verse for you to get. When the enemy speaks, never entertain that word for a moment. 
As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said to the ruler of the synagogue, to Jairus, don't be afraid, stay in the game. Only believe. King James says, keep believing. Don't be afraid. Keep believing. Stay in the game. I heard that. Don't listen to that. Stay in the game. Are you with me this morning? Stay in the game. And so we know what happened. Jesus, they walk up to the house. Jesus kicks out all the mourners in the way, raises his daughter, gives him to the father and the mother, and he gets his answer. But you have to stay in the game because the devil will always come. The tempter will come to move you off and to knock you out of the game. But winners stay in the game. Amen? Think about it. What do I have to do? Say no to the temptation. Go with me to James chapter 1. Hallelujah. James chapter 1, just to get through these quickly, I may read before you get there. James chapter 1 verse 12 said, Blessed is the man who endures temptation, for when he has been proved, he will receive the crown of life which the Lord promised to those who loved him. Blessed is the man who endures the temptation. What does that mean? The person who stays in the game when it doesn't look like it's going to win, when it doesn't look like it's going to happen, when your child looks like they're more lost than they ever were, when your body's telling you it's in more pain than it's ever been in, when your checkbook says, I have a triple-double negative balance. When you get the pink slip, when you get the layoff, when you don't know what's going to do, when, you're, when, when children's marriages are falling apart, when you're having to raise grandkids, when it doesn't matter what's going on, stay in the game. Stay in the game. Don't give in to the temptation. Amen? Stay there. Say no to the temptation. Keep walking by faith, not by sight. Or in other words, keep your eyes closed and your heart open. Sometimes you just got to close your eyes and open your heart and say, God, I believe you in spite of everything else. I believe. Amen. I believe. Keep loving and keep serving regardless of what's happening. Matthew chapter 5, Jesus says, hey, just love your enemies. God makes it rain on the just and the unjust. Just keep loving your enemy. Pray for those who curse you. Pray for those who despitefully use you. Man, I'm just trying to help people and things are going backwards. Keep loving, keep serving anyway. Amen? Just stay in the game. And then keep giving and keep sowing. Listen to Luke 6.38 out of the Amplified Bible. Give and gifts will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will they pour into the pouch formed by the bosom of your robe and used as a bag for with the measure you deal out with the measure you use to confer benefits on others it will be measured back to you just keep so and and just be ready believe to receive and it'll come back galatians 6 9 if we we will reap if we faint not. Amen? Just keep sowing. In due season, we will reap if we faint not. Why is Phil Mickelson playing today? Because he gets up there and said, man, I'm going to play because this could be, this tournament could be my due season. This could be number 20. Amen? Every time get up, every day believe a new day is a new day to win. Amen? As the worship team comes back. Go with me to 1 Kings chapter 10. 1 Kings chapter 10. Man, I pray I'm encouraging you this morning. Believe in God. God wants you to win more than you want to win. Amen. Elijah's a lot like us. In fact, I like what James says. Elijah was a man of like passions. 
James chapter 5, said Elijah being a man with the same type of passions like us. Elijah ran hot and cold for God. One day he's saying, by my word, it's not going to rain. The next day he's killing 400 prophets. The next day he's running from a woman. <laughs> That's a whole other message. We'll move right along. Amen. You go from killing 400 prophets and running from one woman. Amen. Watch this. Chapter 9, Elijah just on Mount Carmel had this great victory. And then after that, chapter 19, verse 1, And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done and how he had executed all of the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah. So let the gods do to me and more if I do not make your life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. So he, gets a, he just killed 400 prophets, gets one woman to threaten him. Hey, Ben. That's like Muhammad Ali running from a two-year-old. Hey, man, little kid, look, I want to knock you out. Are you with me? But, but seeing all of us in that area, and then in chapter 19, what's he do? Look at verse 9. He runs to a cave. And there he went into a cave and spent a night in that place. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him and said to him, Elijah, what are you doing in here? So he had his answer all prepared. He said, I've been very zealous for the Lord of hosts, for the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant, torn down your altars, killed your prophets with the sword, and I alone and left, and they seek to take my life. Then he said, go out and stand in the mountain before the Lord. See, God asked him, hey, Elijah, how come you're here and not in the game? Verse 9, what are you doing here? How come you're not in the game? And he tells him why. He says, go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord and behold the Lord passed by and a great and strong wind torn to the mountains and broke the rocks and pieces before the Lord but the Lord was not in the wind after the wind an earthquake but the Lord was not in the earthquake after the earthquake a fire but the Lord was not in the fire and after the fire a still small boy so it was when Elijah heard it that he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood in the entrance and of the cave and suddenly a voice came to him and said why are you not in the game what are you doing here you're supposed to be in the game why are you here and so he repeats his pat answer I've been very zealous for the Lord <laughs> because of the children of Israel have and how many know we all have that pat answer to God but God doesn't buy any of our answers he just says hey get back in the game Stay in faith. Keep believing. Don't listen to that. Jairus, keep believing. Amen? Are you hearing the word this morning? And so then he says, then go your way and return and anoint the king, anoint the prophet, and get back in the game. And Elisha left and goes and gets back in the game for God. See, God did not allow him to stay in the cave. He made him get back in the game. Last scripture, go with me to Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35 and 36. Verse 35 says, Therefore do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward. How did the patriots win the Super Bowl? They did not give up their confidence. Amen. In fact, I, I, I like golf because I watch it, and, and it's a game of sudden changes in doing that. There's more drama to it than you think. It is more fun than watching paint dry. 
But I heard, I, I like the young guy, Jordan Spieth as well. Very, very awesome young man. Great character and that. But he's there, and so they're talking about him. Yesterday there was a rain delay, and they're talking about him. And they said, you know, Justin Johnson is at, is at 10 under. But don't count Jordan Spieth out. He's only five shots behind. And so he's come, he, he has come from behind. He has, the, he has the potential to come from behind. So he's teeing up today, five shots behind the leader, believing that he can overcome and take the lead. And all it takes is one guy to take their eye off the ball, to hit out of bounds a couple of times under the condition, and people to start losing strokes instead of gaining strokes. And the next thing you know, you have the momentum. Things turn in your favor, and you go from going, well, five shots, I might not even show up today. No. But the commentator says, hey, don't count him out. He's got all that it takes to overcome this deficit and become a winner. I want you to hear the word of the Lord this morning. You might feel like you're facing a deficit, but don't give up. God believes in you, and He believes you have everything. He's equipped you. He's given you everything you need to be the winner, so don't give up. I don't care if it looks like you're 20 shots behind. Glory to God. The other guy can stumble. He can fall. He can break a leg. He could fall in a sinkhole. He could be swept away in a flash flood you could win hallelujah amen because we do not give participation ribbons God only gives crowns of righteousness to those who overcome and he gives you the power and the strength to endure hallelujah are you guys going to sing your song you can awesome I like that song. Hebrews chapter 10. Therefore don't cast away your confidence. Which has great reward. For you have need of endurance. So that after you have done the will of God. You may receive the promise. How many have ever been. How many ever did the punching contest. When you are growing up. Guys. Girls probably didn't do it. I don't know what girls do. But guys we used to do that punch contest. And stuff. They have a new thing out. Slapping contest been around for a while but slapping competitions I always wonder about the IQ of people who enter these but moving right along it's a slapping competition where you stand across the table it's become a, a huge sport and so the, I, I saw this video of one and these guys are two guys are across the table in this big hall it's a big competition this one's in Texas and, and these two guys and, and the guy across the table gets to go first and he reached out and he's all sure he's really gonna whack this guy good and he reached out Slaps this guy, the guy rubs his cheek, goes, good one. Amen. That was a good one. Then he goes, now it's my turn. And he reaches out and he puts his hand right up against the guy's cheek and measures him. Rears back. Are you ready? Watch this. Oh, yeah, good one. Yeah, yeah, very good. Yeah, yeah, that's good. All right. Now, just pretend the guy with the hat's the devil. <laughs> that is awesome. <laughs> He's got... That's awesome. I want to go to one of those. Anybody want to go with me? I want to go to a slapping contest. That'd be so hilarious. 
Ba-woom, you're out. <laughs> Come on, that's a powerful truth. Because it feels like at times the devil has given you a good one. You've been devil slapped. He slapped you. But when you stay in the game, you get up and say, Hey, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Jesus says, after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, you're going to receive power. And you just reach out and measure the devil real good. And you just smile and say, are you ready for this? No, you're not. I'm going to knock your head off. And you just wear back and knock the devil out. Amen. Would you stand with me this morning? In my book, there's only one difference between winners in life and in faith than everybody else. And that's this. Winners have the same opportunity as everybody else to quit. Whether it's in life or whether it is living by faith, winners have the same opportunity as everybody else to quit. They just choose not to take it. They refuse to take the opportunity to quit, to give up. They purpose to stay in the game. And there are some of you here today, it's just so easy to say, you know what, I, I just got out of the game. When it comes to my healing, when it comes to the situation in my relationships, maybe in your marriage, maybe over your children being saved, maybe over a financial breakthrough, maybe ever going any higher in your company, your business, or anything else, no matter what area it may be, it's so easy to step out of the game and say, no, I'm not going to do that. I still have time left on the clock. God has appointed me to win, to be Victoria. And so the invitation of the Lord for you today is to get back in the game. You've allowed the devil. You allowed the threat of the enemy. And you've been in that cave. But today God sent a voice to you saying get out of the cave. Get back in the game. So if that's you, if you need to get out of there while they see, sing whatever they're going to sing and they lead us into worship, I want you just to make that deck. I'm getting out of the stand. I'm getting back in the game. I'm standing back in my faith. There's faith to win. I'm a winner. I'm still in this game. I'm going to believe I'm going to receive. I'm not going to listen to that. I'm going to keep believing. Amen. So if that's you, we have prayer partners that will pray with you as they come. You come. Let's pray together. Let's believe together. Let's stay in the game. Let's receive the victory. Come on. We're like the Patriots. We believe in winning. We're on the winning team. And we have the ability to turn around. It might look like insurmountable odds. But God has declared you a winner. He's declared if you'll just stay in, you'll receive the promise. Amen. Hallelujah. As they sing, you come. As they sing, we want to pray with you today. Come on.